Hey y'all, this is a podcast that explores eudaimonia. Euda what? Eudaimonia is an ancient word that describes the state of your own personal flourishing. I'm your host, Emily Geiser, and I started this podcast to remind each of us just how much agency we have in our own flourishing. I hope you'll listen with a beginner's mind and walk away with new ideas and inspiration so that you feel not just fine, but radiant and energized. And hey, if you are feeling exhausted, there are a couple of things you can do right now so that you feel better tomorrow. Grab my three secrets to end exhaustion. These are the ones no one's telling you on my website, emilygeiser.com and look forward to more joy and less overwhelm soon. You can grab that at emilygeiser.com, E-M-I-L-Y-G-E-I-Z-E-R.com. Link is in the show notes. Hi, welcome everyone. I am so excited to introduce to you Kate Nagai today. Kate is a sacred womb and cycle coach and a fertility specialist. And after her two-year struggle with trying to conceive, she was able to heal her body, conceive naturally, and has now taken what she's learned about hormone health to inspire women worldwide about the power of their menstrual cycle. Her programs are about merging current day science with the ancient wisdom of the cycle to create inspiration for women who want to understand their hormones and live in alignment with the energy of their womb. Welcome, Kate. I am so excited for this conversation. Oh my God, there's nothing better than starting off my day about talking about the menstrual cycle. <laughs> this just oh, like awesome. amps me up. So I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> so good. Great. <clears throat> I um, I am really, where I want to start this conversation is with the womb. Because I have to say like, I've been really, I felt like I've been really in touch with my cycle throughout the phases of my life. Um, I think I've mentioned to you before, like I, co- I was collecting my blood and feeding it to my plants when I was in my 20s. And uh, you know, kept my placenta after I birthed my kids and planted it under a special tree. And that felt like the connection to me. But quite honestly, I only thought of my womb as like the vehicle to carry my kids. I've never given any real thought, any thought, quite honestly, outside of childbirth to my womb. So tell me, like, tell me why I should care. Okay. Well, first of all, I know a lot of people, they, when they hear the word womb and almost they get detached from it. Right. Because I think in the culture that most of us have been raised in this idea of womb is something that we're not supposed to be excited about. We're supposed to be shamed about like We're supposed to disconnect and never talk about it. And so I know so many people are like, when you said womb, I kind of just like went to another place. <laughs> But the reason why I use womb versus menstrual cycle or, you know, hormone healing is because I feel like those are, those are things that are problems, right? They're not, they're not things that light us up or bring us joy. And I know a lot of women are always like, well, I had a hysterectomy or I'm postmenopause. So this doesn't apply to me. And I'm here to tell you that the womb never dies until we die. Like until our physical body gets planted back into the earth, our womb is very active in our body. And the reason for that is, is because our uterus and our fallopian tubes and our ovaries, all these body parts are just that they're physiological parts of our body. They are not energy containers. The energy container is the womb. It's like the housing. It's like, think of the womb as like your whole like outside structure of your house And the uterus and all those other parts are like all the rooms in the house, right? And so the house itself is always there, regardless if the parts have been removed. 
And so this is really important when we think about like, why should I care about my womb space? Why should I even be looking at this at any age? Why should I be worried about like how I connect with my womb when I'm 19 years old? And the whole reason is because our womb is first the home of our authentic self. When we think of it, like with the chakra system, that's our second chakra. If you're familiar with the chakras and that is like where everything is birthed. Like we birth actual life. We birth creative ideas out of that place. We birth who we are and who we want to evolve into. So it is home of us, who we are. So the more that we're nurturing it, the more we're connecting with it, the more that we are coming into alignment with who we are as people. And I think that's so fundamentally important because the biggest catalyst that changed my whole world when I started to understand that I was more than just dropping an egg and bleeding, <laughs> which is what I thought on my fertility journey. I only knew of like pee on a stick to tell me I was ovulating and then, oh crap, my period is here. I'm not pregnant. That's all I knew about my cycle. And before I even tried to start to conceive, it was like, oh, I just hate my body because this thing happens every month and I wish it would just go away. I can't wait till I never bleed again, which just disconnected me so much from the potency and power of my body. And so when we learn our cycle, when we learn that we have these four different compartments or four different phases and that they're constantly cycling and changing, the more that we're able to live in alignment with the energy of those, each hormone has a different power. Each hormone has a different life force to it, a, new, a superpower to it. And when we can tap into that, we not only can be more effective in our life and more efficient, but we also have more self-love. And it's funny because I just ended up sending a newsletter out to my people last night that was talking about how I woke up yesterday. I was like flipping mad. I was just exhausted, burned out, like really sharp with my words. And there was a moment where I paused. I was like, whoa, what's going on? I was like, did I already transition into my luteal phase, which I call my inner fall, right? So I, I relate it to the outer seasons. And so I was like, did I go into my inner fall already? Am I in my PMS phase? Like, did I do the transition? Because I knew that feeling. I remembered it. And I know when it comes. And when if it comes in my fall, what that's a sign for me to come back into balance so I can be a nice person or I can have more self-compassion is I have to remove myself from everybody. I have to take more time of little breaks from people and I have to spend more time with myself, whether that's meditating, writing, doing whatever. So my first instinct was like, Ooh, it must be my inner fall. I'm, I, I need to like remove myself from my family and from the outside world and go inward. But I looked at my calendar and I was on day 15, I was still in ovulation. And so I was like, oh, my son the night before was vomiting all over my bed. <laughs> so I was doing bedding at one o'clock in the morning. I was up with a sick kid. And I was like, this is not fall. This is just exhaustion. So my medicine is actually going back to bed and resting because I'm being sharp right now because I'm completely sleep deprived. And so this is where like the power comes in is that I could beat myself up about being a horrible human being. I'm mean to my everybody. I, you know, why do I always have to be this way? Why am I always so grouchy? But instead it was like, I met my body with so much compassion and so much healing of going, you're tired and you just need to ask to go back to bed. <laughs> like that's all you need. Oh, so and beautiful. I know. And so you meet yourself differently. So this is where the power of the cycle is, is you meet your body with self-compassion, yeah. but then you also know where your superpowers are. And each phase has a gift. And when we tap into those gifts, we show up differently at work. We show up differently in our marriages. We show up differently as parents, as friends, every element of our life completely shifts. And it's because we give ourselves permission to be in alignment with ourselves and what our needs are versus 
constantly just being linear and giving ourselves to the outside world. Uh, it's so beautiful. I think as women, we there's so much shame involved in our bodies and our cycles, as you've already touched on. And by meeting ourselves with this compassion, I mean, com self-compassion is like the yeah. antidote to shame, right? So it's yeah. just beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And when you start to learn about your cycle this way, you no longer feel shame. You no longer go, oh my God, my period's coming. Like I can't stand this. Instead, it's like my period is coming. I get to rest for two days. Like I get to, I have a hard rule when I'm bleeding that I don't do any cleaning. I don't do any cooking. Mm -hmm. I don't do any outside world stuff. Um, I don't, I don't book any of my client appointments. Then I don't go on any podcast interview. Like I do nothing. I completely shut out for two days and it's the most beautiful thing ever. Cause I have no responsibility and I might go do something, but I'm doing it because I feel like I did it. Not because it was on the schedule. And, and so is, is there something that you do do like intentionally during that time? I rest a lot. Mm -hmm. So I'll do a lot of yoga nidras. Mm -hmm. I'll do a lot of meditating because this is a really cool thing. This is our superpower in our menstruation, which people do not realize is that the, the barrier between the right and the left hemisphere of our brain is actually at its thinnest. It is so super thin. And so information from both the right and the left side of our brain is crossing paths, which is what gives us our intuition. Our intuition is the most highest when we're bleeding, but we're so removed from our intuition because we are just pushing through. So we are disconnecting from the felt sense of everything. We're letting go of that, you know, that sixth sense in our body of our intuition. And instead we're like, no, I'm getting up. I'm going to work. I'm doing all these tasks on the to-do list. I'm coming home. I'm cooking. I'm doing the same routine and I'm not resting. But when we rest, our intuition tells us so much. Like I get the biggest downloads. And if I rest, like last month I rested for day one. And all I did was watch replay videos that I was behind on because I was like, I don't take, and I didn't do it because I was like a to do. I did it was like, cause I'm in bed doing nothing. Let's just watch these replays. I'm not taking notes, whatever retains in my brain. Great. If it doesn't retain, oh, well, it wasn't meant to be like that. I had this loosey goosey kind of attitude with it. And the next day I woke up on day two and my brain, when I, as soon as I woke up, there was so much information pouring through that I wrote a whole sales page within 20 minutes of a new product I was launching. And it wasn't because like I pre-wrote it all. It was because I sat in this wisdom all day. And this is the key. Wisdom is different than knowledge. Knowledge is something that's been proven. We know wisdom comes from within and it's the belief in the unknown. Right. And so I just sat in all this, like, whatever's meant to come is coming. I had a like intense dream state and I woke up and I was like, I know exactly what I need to do. Right. And it came so quickly. And then I went back to resting. It was beautiful. <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that so much. I know that I've, for a long time, I have avoided exercise on day one, but I haven't added something in, you know, mm -hmm. I've just only not exercised on that day. And my friends are always confused by that and kind of like downplay it. Like, is it because you don't feel well? Like, no, I've just learned it's the best way to like manage my energy um, mm -hmm. to not put it out. But I love the idea of adding in the extra meditation and the extra mm -hmm. slow time, because I've learned, I have learned recently, you know, I've been in business for myself for like 15 years and there, I was certainly um, into the hustle mentality for a long time. And I have found so much more productivity happens in the rest. And I'm really loving what you're saying about like aligning, timing that rest with certain phases of your cycle.
which mm-hmm. I know you do, you live your life through your phases of your cycle. Oh so I'd love to hear more. And this whole idea of the seasons. So interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So seasons, the reason why I call our menstrual cycle, the seasons is because, or I call it our inner ecology is because we are direct mirror maps of what's happening with all cycles in life. Whether you look at it as the cycle of creation, if you look at it as the cycle of mother earth, the lunar cycle, these are all cycles. And by cycle of creation, if everyone's like, what does she mean by that? It's like the birth of an idea. Like we have this idea, we get inspired and we're like, I know how I'm putting this out in the world. We then talk about it to everybody, which is our ovulation. Then in our luteal phase, that's like the time of like, it's like, okay, so I created this thing. I shared it with the world. And now what's not working with it? Like, what do I have to improve on it? Like we go into that, like, let's fix it a little bit, make it even more beautiful. And then we go into a rest state or menstruation where we're like, okay, is that what I want to put out in the world? Or do I need to do version 2.0, right? Like, and that is like, that's the, the creation, right? And so like all these cycles in life, we are direct mirrors of them. And I feel like when we, cre- when we create this link between our menstrual cycle and mother earth in particular, it's way more relatable for us, for us to really deepen into the medicine of our cycle, because we all know what the seasons are. <laughs> We all know what winter feels like. We all know what spring feels like. We know what those emotional rushes are as we transition into different seasons. And those different seasons are exactly mirrors of what's happening hormonally in our body. So if you look at spring, usually after like a cold winter, we wake up and we're like, yes, finally, no snow on the ground. I see buds on the tree. I'm excited. Oh my God, what are all the plans for summer? That's what's happening with estrogen as it starts to rise in our body during our follicular phase is that estrogen is a very outward like it makes us feel outward in our energy. So it makes us want to like socialize our vocabulary is heightened. We are really talkative during this time. We are like people that are just seeking community, like excitement. Like I want to like tell everyone everything (laughs) that is spring. And when we go into our summer, which is our ovulation, this is the time that everything's peaked. This is the time where we're like great communicators, where we have lots of empathy and we're really seeking like deep connection it's a great time for us to actually go out and make like work events, like like go out with friends for, to nourish our soul. It's the time for us to have dance parties. It's the time for us to like really like use all of the potency because we have all the hormones here in a special little cocktail that only happens once a a cycle. And it is the time where we're just like, we just go without burning out if we are balanced. Let me put that caveat in there. There's times when ovulation does not feel like that. And it's because we're not balanced, but that at its heightened is what it feels like. And if you think of summer, we go nonstop. We do all our vacationing there. We stay up way too late. You know, we go out for three nights in a row with friends and we don't think about the consequences, right? Like we do all these things. And then it's like back to school hits in September. And we're all like, thank God we have routine. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't wait to shut down from all that activity of summer and get back into a structured routine. I can't wait to get back to work and figure these things out. I like, it's like the time of the to-dos. Like we just start knocking off the to-dos, the fall cleaning. Like we just harvest everything. And then we have so much gratitude of like, wow, that was a really great summer or wow, you know, I've got a lot of good time there. Like there's so much gratitude, but there's this pulling inward. And that's what happens in our inner fall. That's what happens in our luteal phase is we have to remove ourselves. So why does PMS exist? Because we still live in the summer, 
when our body's telling us that we need to transition from outward to inward. Ovulation is that peak time where we've had all this outward energy for spring and summer. And then all of a sudden we have to go inward, right? We have to go into that, that waning moon from, um, from the full moon into the dark moon, right? We have to go from summer into winter. And so we have to start pulling it all in. And this is why we have to be more still. And when we're not, we keep pushing ourselves. That's when we get grumpy. That's when we get burnt out. That's when we have all these hormonal imbalances. We have, we set ourselves up for no rest. So that way, when we come into our winter and where you're like, we still got to go, we have too many do to do's people expect too much. We just push through our menstruation and we have painful periods. We have all these things that are going on because we haven't balanced the system. And like what winter has taught us when it's bloody cold outside, you just want to curl up in front of a fireplace. You want to have cup of warm tea or hot chocolate you want to like cozy under a blanket this is what all the images that you see online about winter is if you google winter you're gonna see all these people like all bundled up and nice and warm and happy because they're warm <laughs> and they're resting yes <laughs> right and so this is the difference right and so when we start to live our life this way i truly believe every menstrual condition that exists out there is because we don't live this way that the more that we start to honor this and do this the more that all those issues start to resolve themselves because we're showing our body that we're cyclical and we get it and that we're honoring it. And the shifts don't have to be big. They can be 10%, like doing 10% less in our fall and then doing 10% less than that in our winter. It can have profound effects on the body. That, okay. So that was my next question. Like, you know, it's busy, overwhelmed women who are listening to this, who are like, you expect me to be still for like days on end. Um, I love that you just said it's really just a 10% shift. So does that mean, mm -hmm. for example, instead of going out or staying up late one night, you actually maybe choose to read a book and tuck yourself in early or take a bath? Yeah. Hey, are you a label reader? I think you'll love my easy button here for the skincare industry. Labels can be so confusing. It's confusing in food, but it's also really confusing with our soap and shampoo and lotion and eye cream. The truth is that we saturate our body in hundreds of ingredients every day, and most have not been tested for safety. It just boggles my mind. The skincare industry just has a lack of oversight, and so there's less regulation and then less transparency. So when it comes to skincare in particular, my favorite company is Beauty Counter. I've been using their products since 2014. That's also when I joined as a consultant. I'm an OG. So if you're ready to make the switch to clean beauty, and this is like really high performing clean beauty, I highly encourage you to shop Beauty Counter. The website is beautycounter.com backslash Emily Geyser. That's E-M-I-L-Y-G-E-I-Z-E-R. And there's a link and discount code in the show notes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we can weave this into all aspects of our life of looking at how we can do those minor little shifts, right? And this was something like I played around with in my own body for a long time before I kind of brought it to my husband's attention. My husband and I, like I think most marriages during COVID, went through an extremely challenging time where we at each other a lot. And there was this part where I was like, you know what? Why are we not including my cycle into these discussions? Let, let's let's look at this, right? Because like he was even saying like, well, I'm burnt out. I get no time for self-care. I was like, okay, well, if you need time for self-care, then I know that in my spring and my summer, 
I have tons of energy because estrogen's making me want to be outgoing. It makes me want to do a lot of things. So you know what? Those two weeks, do as much self-care as you're going to need to do. So that way you can feel like you've been seen, heard, and taken care of. But in return, when I do the flip into the inward energy of fall and winter, I need you to pick up the pace and take over so that I'm not feeling like I'm dealing with all the kid chaos and that I'm not feeling like I'm being pulled into all these different directions and I'm not caring for myself. I need self-care really deeply in those times. So that's what we started to do. And our marriage improved like overnight. Like it was amazing how we both felt seen and heard. And now we always come back to that. Right. And so then I was like, well, if I can do that with my marriage, why am I not doing that with my parent, like my parenting skills? I hate doing crafts during my luteal phase. I cannot stand sparkles during luteal phase. Like that stuff is everywhere and it's a cleanup and it's irritating. So I started shifting things like if we're going to do crafts, I need more patience. So we're going to do that in my summer and my, in my spring seasons, but in my other seasons, that's when we're going to maybe read books or we're going to cook or like we do other activities that are more low key and not high energy. And I also opt out of not driving my kids to their sporting events. It's like, Mm. nope, I'm too tired. I'm staying home. My husband gets to do that. I also set boundaries around touch, right? I can hug my kids excessively during the spring and summer. But when I get into that fall, I don't want to be touched. (laughs) It doesn't mean I don't hug my kids at all. It means we capped at like two or three hugs a day. Uh-huh. <laughs> then it's like mama needs personal space right? <laughs> rather than having people crawl on me. Cause then I start getting irritated. So it's knowing my boundaries and either communicating effectively with those people or else at least knowing what I need and then making my reasons why I need to remove myself from situations and take care of myself. It's such a beautiful, healthy so, lesson yeah. for your kids, like amazing partnership with your husband. It's uh, it's so transformational. Yeah. Yeah. And we can do this with work. Like this is the beautiful thing. It's like looking at our work. A lot of us, if we work for somebody else, we can't just take time off, but we can clean up emails. We can clean up our desk during our menstruation. Like we can do those little things that don't require energy output, right? Like we can, we can leave those little tiny tasks that we know are just time consuming that we don't really like. We can leave that for week four, but you know, the things where we have to like sell something or we have to go and do a presentation, do that in the first half of your cycle. You're going to rock it, right? Ask for a raise during ovulation because you'll be able to like sell yourself and why you deserve it. But asking for a raise in your fall or your menstruation, if you get a no, you're going to be like, they don't like me. I'm going to get fired. I'm at the bottom of the totem pole. Like your brain's going to go somewhere else, right? So like, this is how we can play with this stuff and actually feel like we're always on top of our game. I love this. I feel like people are going to be like, oh my gosh, how can I learn more? So at the end, we're definitely (laughs) going to tell you all how to find Kate and all the cool things she offers. Um, But for those of us who aren't tracking or charting Mm -hmm. and you're saying luteal phase and, you know, um, your winter like, can we maybe break it down into like what day, how that lines up for your days of your cycle? Mm-hmm. Yes. So when I say sacred cycle or mm-hmm. sacred womb, what I mean is that we're not looking at the physical body, right? So we are in some ways, like our bleed and our ovulation are physical indicators. But if we look at those, 
you know, medicine or doctors would say, well, your menstruation is from like the day you start bleeding till the day you finish. And that's it, right? That's it. And then this follicular phase happens from that point until, you know, your egg is released. And the event of the egg being released, one or two days, that's all we're going to give you for ovulation. And then we're going to go into this really long two week span of luteal energetically in the body that's not what's happening physically yes they are correct that is what's happening but when we want to look at the sacredness of how we can really tune into our energy we're looking at it from a different lens so what i always say to start off with is take your cycle if it's 33 days or 28 days whatever however length it is take that and divide it by four yeah. and then use that math as you kind of like your window into how many days are in each phase. So, and then as you get to know your body, as you start to play around with it for a few months, you'll start to know where you need to tweak that. Maybe your winter is actually not seven days. Like if you have a 28 day cycle, it'd be seven in each, a week in each. So maybe it's like, no, you know what? I feel my winter is actually only six days, but my fall is actually one extra day, right? And so you'll be able to play with it. For the most part, it's gonna be pretty accurate to those, that equal division. Um, the other thing you're going to know is like, I, I always start, I always teach people to start on day one as the beginning of their fall or their, sorry, of their winter of their menstruation. And then up to day seven, right? What I have noticed in my own body though, like that's easy for us to start to learn our rhythm. But what I started to notice is my winter actually starts on day 28. And so that day before my bleed comes, that's when I get hit with that wall of exhaustion. I often, almost every cycle, and I should know by now, every cycle, I'm always like, am I getting sick? <laughs> I feel so tired and I I just can't function. Am I coming down with a cold? And it never fails the very next day I start bleeding. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's like a good way to know is that, yeah. you know, you're starting to transition. And the beautiful thing is like, it's not a hard, like we go from winter to spring. There's sometimes a little bit of a transition period. So like, if you're like, well, I'm starting, like I'm in my winter and I'm on day five, but I'm starting to feel this rise of energy happening. I'm starting to feel like I'm going to my spring. It's like, yeah, you probably are, but it still takes some time for the transition. So give yourself a day to transition into that new energy. It's not a sharp, I have no energy. I have full energy. It's a transition period. So count as still as your winter. And so just break it up by math, by four, and then just mark it as menstruation as your winter your follicular, which is the days after your bleed as your spring, your ovulation time, give it a full seven days because you are, that rising energy is still there. Even though like the egg has already physically dropped, the energy, the outpour is there. It takes time for the hormones to drop off, which is what indicates that we're going into our fall, right? And so that's the way to kind of do the math. If you wanted me to just quickly do the math, it'd be like day one to seven winter, day eight to about 19 ish, 20 ish is going to be your, um, sorry, that's not right. Day seven to 14 is your, your fall or your spring. Sorry. Oh my gosh. And then day 14, 15 to day 20 is your summer. And then until you finish will be your, your fall. So is, and is this the same for women who are like starting perimenopause and noticing that everything is, there's no predictability anywhere? How, like, yeah. I feel like some people who are listening to this are like, I've hated my period the whole time. And, but I want to like learn, mm -hmm. I want to learn to give compassion to my body and understand the cycles and live that way. Mm -hmm. Is it too late mm -hmm. when we've hit perimenopause? Like, what's no. Oh, this is the beautiful part of it. Like this, this doesn't die. Right. And so as much as like the bleed and the, the egg being released are physical indicators to kind of help us guide. 
the energy of the womb is still there. So if you're like, well, I don't have those physical indicators or maybe they're erratic, they're all over the place, I'm not sure, go with the moon cycle. Start to like behave with the moon. So start saying like the dark moon would be your period. So when it's the dark moon outside, go, okay, I'm going to rest now. I'm going to go into this place of just like ease, less responsibility. And then as it moves from the dark into the the new moon and into the, the waxy moon, go into your follicular phase, right? Spend that little bit of the seven days there because it's the same math for the lunar cycle is seven, 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 right? Yes. And then at ovulation, which would be the full moon, that's when we pretend that we're ovulating. Even if we haven't actually ovulated, let's just pretend that we have. And then after that, that little period of going post full moon, go into your fall phase and start to wind down because the energy of the moon is so bloody potent. It's what moves water, like bodies of water. And we are, I always thought we were 70%, but lately I've been hearing we're 80% water. I yeah, don't know that's which true. one it is. I think it's 80. Yeah. <laughs> so we're 80% water. The moon is moving tides it's definitely affecting our rhythm as well so all we're doing is we're showing the body that we can still be cyclical even without these things and then when we go into menopause we have no cycle this is how we still live because our emotions and physical ailments in the body like low back pain like these are the things that we're going to start to notice when they happen at certain phases and you'd be surprised at how often they happen at the exact same day in your cycle every month right so turning this for three months you're going to be like why do I always crave chocolate on day 26? Like day 26, I'm in my pantry eating chocolate chips because we never have chocolate in the house. <laughs> like it's the desperate, I need chocolate chips. I know that happens on day 26 every time for me. <laughs> and it's because my body needs magnesium because the bleed's about to come, right? It's like, it's when you start to see your patterns of how you do things and where you want more deeper connection or where you're like, I need to get away from friends. I need to get away from people. I need to isolate You'll start to see these patterns and they repeat on the exact same days, almost bang on, if not one or two days off and that's it. And so if our rhythms like that, we know how to start living rhythmically. And if we get lost or we haven't tracked yet, we just use the moon and the moon will guide us. And then we can get into this rhythm and the energetic body responds to that. And it remembers that. Remember as women, we are designed to live cyclically until the day we die. This was this has been part of ancient therapies for years of women being in red tents of even how we dealt with the elderly and the like in our crone years is what they would call them the wise woman years is they always lived cyclically they don't lose this because a physical bleed is gone so i love i love i love this conversation um coincidentally i just finished reading the red tent last week for my second time the first time was when it first came out you know 23 years ago or so mm -hmm. and it was um it's just such a nourishing book to read like mm -hmm. i feel like it really reminds me of my connection there um mm -hmm. and also living in sync with the seasons and cycles is you know it's shown to actually like especially living in sync with the seasons and and um and nature is really shown to reduce anxiety and depression and i feel like this is all so linked into wellness and well-being and what on my podcast i call eudaimonia it's just brilliant um you well and i really do think that this is how i healed my body like yes. honestly yes is that i became i came into relationship with it when i when i first was exposed to thinking about my cycle when i first got into I didn't know anything about alternative healing. Like I grew up in a small town 
the first time that I started to question everything was when I was infertile, when I couldn't maintain a pregnancy. Mm. And I was told that there was no hope. And I remember going into the doctor's office going, I'm broken, fix me. Like I gave all my power away and just said, I don't know what to do. You're the professional, do something. And in return, they served back. We don't know how to fix you. (laughs) There is no solution. The only thing we can do is remove body parts, right? And I remember walking out going, this can't be how it is. And so then that's when I was like, you know what? I'm willing to try anything. And I, I did everything. I did Reiki. I did like, these were the first times I tried any of these things. I learned about my cycle. And I think all of that impacted me into feeling empowered. So going from being completely broken to also being like, no, I'm, I'm the wisdom of my body. I know how I can heal it. And that's not to say we don't still use conventional medicine is that when we go in to see our doctors, now we go in with empowerment saying, so this is happening in my cycle. This is happening in my body. This is happening in my body. I've been trying to figure it out. I'm kind of stumped. Any ideas, right? So then you use them as a sounding board versus going in there going, fix me. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on and you yeah. know more than I do, right? About my own mm-hmm. body, yeah. Exactly. It's incredible. Um, do you care to say, I'm, I'm curious like with, with healing your infertility, if you feel like there's one thing that you did, or if it was like just kind of a puzzle piece of reclaiming your own power, is it was it really as general? I mean, I don't know if it's general, but as broad as that. Well, you know, it's so funny because I teach a fertility program, a coaching program, and every time I'm like, I think this might have been like the catalyst, but then the next week I'm like, I think this might have been the uh-huh. catalyst. Yeah. So I really do think at the end of the day, what it was was being curious was being, it was choosing to not feel like my diagnosis was, was the end. Like uh, being like, no, people heal their bodies all the time. I can heal this, even though you don't know how to. So I think that everything that I did was another layer of empowerment for me to be able to go, yeah, I get it. And then another layer of research was like, okay, now I can come into my body a little bit deeper realistically, like when I really think about it, like I think all the therapies helped me make me feel empowered. Like everything I did shifted my vibration from low to really high of believing versus despair. And I think with that energy shift came the awareness and the ahas of the psychological barriers I was holding on to, of the stories that my subconscious was telling me that I, or that was playing into my reel of why I wouldn't be able to get pregnant or why I shouldn't get pregnant. I was like my worst self enemy in some ways. And it wasn't because it was intentional. It was because it was subconscious imprinting that I wasn't aware of that happened when I was in the womb. Right. And Mm -hmm. so it was like one person shined a light, put a flashlight on that and said, Hey, have you ever thought about the fact that your infertility might be linked to the fact that your mom was a teen pregnancy. Like you were born to a teen, right? Like, and that fear and that struggle of like, am I going to survive with two teen parents, (laughs) which created this rigidness, which then my fallopian twos were so rigid. And so that was like the first layer of me going, oh my gosh, like, it's not that it was my mom's fault. It was this imprinting that I took on of going, Mm -hmm. I have to, I have to control everything and controlling everything fertility, you can't like conceiving, you cannot control. (laughs) That's an act of like two people coming together to create. Right. Um, And then the next element of that was 
you know, this awareness, like it's really, I don't think anything happens for just out of the blue. I think it happens for a reason, but my husband and I were trying to get pregnant before we were married. Um, we had different views on marriage. I was very pro and he was like, whatever. <laughs> so we were trying well in advance because I was like, we're getting older. We're in our thirties. We got to start trying until we decide this part out. I think it's so hilarious that I got successfully pregnant and maintained that pregnancy because I got pregnant before I just, I would lose them. So I successfully got pregnant a month after we got married. Oh my gosh. So was it me telling myself that my parents weren't married when they had me and all the judgment that they were feeling and I didn't want to be judged that way. I didn't want to be seen as the 32 year old that got knocked up right by her boyfriend, right? Like was that some of my messaging? And so like, there's these big profound things that happen that I think we have so much power over once we're aware of it. We just have to play with it and figure it out. Totally. I think that's so powerful. Our unconscious thinking and blocks Mm -hmm. and beliefs until we choose to Mm -hmm. get aware of them are really our own stumbling blocks, right? Often. Not that that's necessarily what was going on in this particular case of fertility, but in so many aspects of life. Yeah. 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 And we shine the flashlight when we tap into our intuition, which happens during menstruation. Yes. So it becomes full circle again. If you're like, what are my blocks? Well, you need to rest during menstruation so that you can mm-hmm. feel that intuition start to ripple into you and you'll get your ahas. Okay. I'm on day 23 right now. So I'm going to map out. I, mean, I don't even know what, what day, day 28 would be for me. So I'm going to go take a look at the calendar and um, yeah. I think yeah. it's actually right during my anniversary. That'll be fun. And Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, <laughs> Before I move into uh, a couple questions I have, a couple other questions I have for you, I wonder if there's anything else that you think um, would be helpful for you to touch on that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah, definitely. There's one thing that I really want to touch on. Cool. Two, now that I thought of something that you just said, like it rippled into me, you're like, ooh, that's going to happen during Thanksgiving. So Canadian, I'm in Canada. So Canadian Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving was last month. This is, I think, potent medicine for women is that the week before Thanksgiving, I looked on the, the calendar and I knew I was going to be bleeding on the Friday of Thanksgiving weekend. So I called my mom up and I said, listen, I'm going to start my period. I'm going to be useless to you. Like I'm going to be resting. I'm bringing a book. I'm not doing anything. I've already told my husband that he has to watch our three children. If my brother comes over with his kids, I can't be left responsible to watch them while you cook. So should I still come? Like I'm giving you the pre-warning, but I am checking out. If I come to your house, I'm sleeping in, I'm reading books, I'm doing nothing. I'll come to the table for supper, but that's about it. <laughs> and she was like, don't come. <laughs> so, I was like, cool. I wasn't hurt, but I gave her the forewarning. She was like, no, because you'll be stressed because I know what's going to happen is that your dad's going to need your brother and all the kids are going to be here. I won't be able to look after them. You know, that's a lot to put on your husband. And I was like, okay, let's plan a different weekend. So we planned Thanksgiving weekend last weekend. We were like, let's just postpone it three weeks. <laughs> And we'll hold it on a different weekend. It doesn't really matter for our kids. They don't really care. Like, we'll just say that, like, we're moving it, right? And we're moving it because of this. I have no energy. And, like, this is the empowerment, is that we don't have to do things because of a calendar. We can do things because of our rhythm, and we can always reschedule stuff. Or we set strong boundaries of what we need as medicine. That's amazing. And I love just knowing that you're elder, respected your boundaries and shifted, right? Like thinking of the red tent and the elders and how we all care for one another. That's, you can imagine so many different um, outcomes to that or reactions to that, right? Yeah, for sure. Love it. What's the other one? So the other thing was if you're curious about charting and you're like, oh my God, I don't even know where to start. The simplest way, there's two simple ways. The easiest, most simplest way 
is literally take your calendar and mark, as soon as you start to bleed, mark a one right beside the number on that calendar. And then write all the way to 28 or 33, whatever your length is on the calendar. And if you want every day, like what I do is I actually take a highlighter and for different highlighting colors is like what season. So like pink is like my bleed days. Green is like spring. So you use different colors and literally in the morning you wake up, you look at it. It's like, Ooh, I'm in the green zone. I'm in my spring. Okay. So I know how to show up for myself. Don't overthink it. It can be really simple, right? Really easy. Mm -hmm. If you want to go a little bit deeper two word check-in, this is so powerful. And so you can either, if you go to my website, there's free gifts there and there is a charting journal and it has a cycle wheel in that charting journal package. But you can also just do this on your own of just drawing a circle and make 28 little pie shapes in it and write one, like for your day one on one pie to, you know, you know what I'm saying? Go around to make sure you have 28 pies. Mm -hmm. And then just think of two words every day. It doesn't matter when you do it anytime. It doesn't have to be like structured. Just at one point in the day, go, how am I feeling today? What are my two words or my two phrases? And write those two words out in that pie shape. And then do that for each day. And I always say, do it for three months on three different pie sheets. And then look at those three pie sheets and go, there's the pattern. I'm seeing my patterns. Once we know our patterns, we know our medicine. We know what we need to do to show up, right? Yes. I'm going to do that as soon as we get off. Yes. That's so helpful. I love it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. So it doesn't have to be complicated. No, no. I think you've made this very accessible. Like I feel like I have a lot of tools to get started and I know that you have so much more on your website. Um, Before we share how people can find you, uh, what I like to ask my guests is what does your morning routine look like? Mm. Well, I have three little kids that are all in, well, two are in school and the ones in preschool. So my morning routine is literally waking up and making sure I get them out the door often in my pajamas. I don't care. But my routine for me starts once drop-off happens and I come home, the first thing I do is drop down on my meditation mat. I make it a ritual to show up on my mat for as long as my body can do it, whether it be 30 seconds, 15 minutes. It's usually not, well, actually, when I think about it, there's a lot of times I spend an hour there not meditating, but I will pull, I always light incense and a calendar or a candle as soon as I sit down, because it just sets me in the zone of like, this is me time. Like, it's like, I put up the veils of like, this is my protective zone by those two things. And then I go into my meditation practice. I, and sometimes that's really short. And then I journal if anything comes up or any questions that I have about the day. Sometimes I'll ask a big question. If something's really bogging me down, I'll write the question down and then I'll just watch throughout the day to see if there's any like messages that come, any synchronicities, right? Where maybe I see the same sign with the same word three times throughout my day. And it's like, okay, that word must mean something to the question that I wrote. Uh, And then often I'll pull an Oracle card because I love, I love imagery. I love being able to connect with an image and seeing how that lands in my body. And then I go about my day. So, but I make, I, I have a, a, a colleague or a teacher or mentor, whatever you want to call her, um, who always calls it her sacred start. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. like, and she was the one that was like, you need to start doing this. And it, it's, it's been a beautiful practice for me. It's one that I don't miss out on. It's not one that I do at the same time every day. Mm-hmm. It's on weekends. It's whenever I get up, but it is the way that when I set the tone of like, I'm starting my day for me, that's how I started weekdays, I have to start my day for my kids to get them to their, their schools. But then when I come home, it's me day. And then I set my me day with that start. Love it. So important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, The other question I have is like a favorite ritual or habit, you know, that you 
recommend to everybody for their health. I feel like I can mm -hmm. imagine what yours is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Tour check-in. Yeah. Tour check-in. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. That's what I do all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know, the tour check-in sometimes for me is not even writing it down. Sometimes it's just me waking up and before I even get out of bed to like start everything that I have to do, it's just like, how am I feeling? Just taking like a quick scan of my body. Is there physical pain? Is there an emotional feeling that I can feel? I do my tour check-in and then I go about my day and I go by my day by leading by what that tour check-in was. Love it. Kate, where can people mm -hmm. find you? Mm -hmm. So you can find me on Instagram or my website. They're both with the tagline She Revival. So she is spelled S-H-E-E -E because it stands for sacred healing through empowerment and embodiment. So that's everything I teach is how can we become empowered and embodied in this body <laughs> so it's that we can feel like the goddesses that we really are. So sherevival.com is my website. And then she revival on Instagram are the two best places to find me. Thank you so much for your time. I know for you, it's early, early morning before your kids are even heading out the door for school. So thank you for making this work and for talking to us and sharing just so much richness. I love it. And everybody, I hope go to your Instagram and your website and check out all this cool stuff. Mm -hmm. I am more than happy to be here. Starting my day off talking about this cycle is like the best part of the day. <laughs> so thank you so much for having me. If you're still listening, thanks so much for sticking around. If you love what you heard, please hit follow and pass along to a friend. You can help others find this podcast more easily by taking a moment to rate and review. And if you're curious what it's like to work with me, or just want to learn more about the work I do in optimizing your own wellness, head to my website, emilygeiser.com. You can connect with me directly on Instagram at emilygeiser. Links for those are in the show notes. I'll be back next week and hope you will be too. Until then, think good thoughts and go for them.